The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Chesterbrook Academy Preschool is here to help your child move forward academically, socially, and emotionally. You'll be amazed at the progress they'll make in our classrooms. They'll be ready for kindergarten and make lots of new friends in the process. So they'll be happy, and in turn, so will you. Contact us today to schedule an open house appointment starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday, July 31st. Visit ChesterbrookAcademy.com to find a preschool near you. That's ChesterbrookAcademy.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Farmers Insurance Open. As usual, I am here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambolin. Tyler, how are you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's switched. It's now I'm just your favorite Canadian, not everybody. So it's, it's, it's about time for that. I figured as much, Kenny, and that's, that's fair. But uh, no, it's all good, man. Had, had a hey, good. You didn't win a GPP last week. That's why you're that's my what it favorite is. Canadian now. Right? That makes more sense now. I hear you, brother. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good. It was still a pretty good week. Actually, we'll get into all that. Before we get into it, though, guys, we're going to get the sponsorship stuff out of the way right away. I want to talk to you guys quickly about Kenny and I's podcast host, Blueberry Podcasting. Uh, right now, you can get 30 days of Blueberry Podcasting free, including hosting, stats, and a WordPress site if you need one. Publishing is as simple as create, upload, publish. Use the promo code BLUE004. That's blu zero zero four to get started today a couple quick things on it because the reason why kenny and i switched to it this past year and why we love it uh basically they got the most in-depth stats so if you have a podcast and you want to go through and be able to see how many listeners you're getting use it for advertising or sponsorship purposes you can do that category listings like getting into the fantasy sports category that's important uh things that they have is an additional 25 percent hosting space free of charge so if you do go over you'll get that as well I mentioned a free WordPress site if you need it. And so if you guys want to check it out, it's Blueberry Podcasting at Blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Go there today. Use the promo code B-L-U-004. That's Blueberry Podcasting, promo code B-L-U-004. Kenny, let's talk about the American Express. How, how did it go for you and what did you think of the event? Yeah, I mean, the cash lineup was solid. It was a nice comeback after going one for four last week in cash game cornerstones. Went solid four for four. Had a second place with 
uh, answered third place with Scheffler, uh, 21st place with Harmon, and then Vaughn Taylor, I think he finished 43rd. So it was a solid week, went six or six in cash, crushed. Uh, I actually had one. Again, I had another sweat. I mean, this is the way it's been every Sunday. Uh, I have one one lineup that's like in the money, like has a chance. This week it was five of six. It was a five of six lineup um, that made that, that I had like Ricky, Answer, Scheffler, uh, Ortiz, Straka, and uh, Bill Haas. And of course, Bill Haas shot plus three on Saturday to miss the cut, <laughs> even though he is the all-time money leader uh, on that event. So that's sort of why I went with him uh, that past week. And he's been making a bunch of cuts. So, you know, I finished like 24th place. He got as high as like 10th place in a $5 drive the green. But, you know, still 24th place in that tournament was still like 250 bucks. So it was really solid week again. I mean, another, uh, what, almost 90%, 80% return on investment. I've had like 60% or more return on investment all three weeks uh, so far this year. So it's been a really solid start to the year. How did you do? It was pretty good. Uh, it was still decent. I didn't win a GPP this week. You're right. Uh, it's crazy, though, with the three-round events, and I think – this will be a little more strategy that we talked throughout the year, obviously with the 65 and, and better cut made cuts. Right. But the big thing for this week was, I know that it was three rounds, but like five out of sixes were live because you know, I had one, I finished 16th in the $44, the big $44 with a five out of six. And I had a couple lineups right behind it that, that were also five of sixes that were like 30 to 40 points ahead of my best six out of six. So it's just, I know this is an interesting event because of the three rounds or because of the three cuts, or, or three rounds before the cut, I should say. But at the end of the day, I still think if you can get some of these lineups and go a little bit deeper in the pool, get some of these stars and scrubs ones or whatever it is that gets through, you'll be able to gain enough points that it could actually happen this year where somebody wins a you know $44 or the $444 or something with a five out of six, no problem. So interesting to note for going forward with strategy. Your cash lineup, goddamn, that should have been everywhere. Like that would, I think it would have shipped the 444. So you'll have to send that uh, over to me next week and I'll, and I'll make sure to... <laughs> Get that in and cut cut some back. I don't know if that's collusion or not. That's just lineup sharing. But you know, either way, is what it is. Uh, I like to uh, I like to see it. The big thing for me was the uh, Sunday showdown that that really helped me. So I had a huge day on Sunday, uh, going like seven or eight x. And then the other one was uh, yeah, Straka, another each way. So I hit McDowell last week, and then this week a, a big one, three hundred to one on Straka on Straka turns into seventy five to one on Bet three six five. So huge to get that one. To, to finish out the week. So another week that was profitable overall, thanks to betting and to Sunday showdown, save the main slate. And then, and a couple close calls in the main slate, 30th in the $9 slice was trying to go for a repeat performance, but we're back to it this week. And this tournament, I love the, the farmers is one of my favorite, but a- anything stand out to you at the American express, Kenny, well, obviously Landry got the win. Love seeing our dude answer, get the, get the stuff going on Sunday, 63, huge number to try and get there. I really wanted them to get in the playoff. That would have been fun. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good event. I didn't get to watch as much of it as usual. I had some plans on Sunday. But, you know, uh, from what I saw, I mean, it looked like Landry was trying to give it up here uh, at the end and uh, bring people a little bit closer, uh, bring a little bit closer to the, to the field. But then he went and birdied 17 and 18, and those are some pretty tough holes uh, on the uh, on the stadium course there uh, at La Quinta. So uh, it was good for him. It was really solid. But then you saw Scheffler and, Scheffler and Fowler. Okay, so I, I watched this documentary about uh, – immortal jellyfish so i'm bringing like the nature doc into the, the golf talk today so these immortal jellyfish they start they, they never die they don't, don't die but th- what they do is you know during their lifespan they keep growing and growing and growing and once they reach a certain point they shrink back to immaturity status they shrink back to becoming a little mini tiny jellyfish once again so they can start their life cycle again and that's sort of what Scheffler and ricky fowler do every week 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the first three rounds of every event, you know, especially Scheffler, you know, you see him get going, get growing bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And then the final round comes and he shrinks back into immaturity. Uh, that, that sort of what happened uh, to both of them. I mean, Scheffler didn't play bad. You know, he had that eagle on the back, which was really nice, but not that many birdies, not that many chances, a lot of holding on, a lot of missed putts. He couldn't get it done on Sunday, even though he'd been better on Sunday. This is the first time, you know, he'd been in contention, uh, like in the final group for, I think he was in one earlier in the fall, and he fell back as well. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on with Scheffler. Um, the same with Ricky, though. Ricky, I, I thought he was going to come back and win on Sunday. You know, I mean, he was he was in the final group playing against two guys who don't have very many wins on tour. One guy who had no wins on tour, uh, and he just wasn't able to do it. He just, you know, was stuck in neutral all day. I mean, so yeah. it, it, those guys. But answer was great. Answer worked out good. I mean, if you think uh, we had Scheffler, both of us, we had Scheffler in our betting yeah. segment. I had answer. So second and third, if I went each way, if I had each way betting. That would have been decent, um, probably like 10 to 1 or 8 to 1 or something like that, but it didn't happen. Uh, but, I mean, the event itself, from what I saw the first three days and a little bit I caught uh, on the replay, uh, it, it seemed like it was a good event. It looked like Landry was coming out with it, but and he gave it back. But those two guys, who I think are better golfers than Andrew Landry, they just couldn't get it done and catch up to him. So uh, that was a little disappointing uh, when it came down to it. Yeah, I didn't expect Ricky to come back. I told you from the start. I just don't, yeah, I don't know why. I know he's my boy. I just have no faith in this guy anymore. And he showed it again. It was Saturday, 70, Sunday, 71. Like, you can't even battle back. At least Scheffler put up the, I think it was a 66 on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you know, he, he didn't have it on the front nine. He kind of put something a little bit together on the back nine. But, man, I just don't get it with Ricky. It's crazy. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be saying that all year, I'm sure. But, you know, some of the other guys showed up. now made a good charge. You know, M was up there again. You know, Bud Colley, nice to see him back a little bit. And then, yeah, the answer was the big thing for me. Landry's the guy, someone joked on Twitter, like, who's going to claim him? Nobody. I, I don't want to, I don't care about Landry. If he wins, good for him. Happy for the guy. I know, you know, he, we saw him win the Valero Texas Open before, and that was a big deal. Like, it's good. We know he plays well. It's just, it's when is he going to pop? The guy had like five missed cuts or something coming into it. It's just, he's just going to show up when he shows up, and it's going to be hard to put a finger on it. So I'm not going to chase it or follow it or do anything with it or expect him to have this massive year now. It's just another you know, good win for him and a notch on his belt. So good for him. What about your boy Kucher over at the Singapore Open winning? I, I thought know, you want to talk about that. Speaking yeah. of lineup sharing and cheating, I mean, there's your boy Kucher over there. So everyone's cheating. Just put that in your mind. But <laughs> a Kucher is cheating, and he's winning, and he's doing it again. So what do you think of that? I mean, I, you know, I had him the week before in cash, and, of course, he shit the bed, and I guess he was just getting ready for Singapore since that was, you know, such a huge event for him. Yeah. I guess I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I mean, that's the thing about these golfers. I mean, Andrew Landry itself had made, like, one of seven cuts this season. You know, you, you just it's, it's a tough game to decide. Like, you know, we don't have – the access to these golfers like we do in football or in basketball or something like that. So a lot of the times we're going in blind and we don't really know what these guys are thinking. And that's what makes the gambling in the DFS part sort of tough. I mean, you look at Charles Howell III last week who basically never misses a cut at this event. And then after the event, we find out that he, he, he look, he's probably dealing with injury, even though he hasn't said anything since he already withdrew from the tournament this past week. And those are the, the bumps that we have to take whenever we go, uh, you know, gamble or, or play DFS in, in, in the PGA Tour. It's just something we have to, to deal with. And it sucks, but that's just the way it is right now. Um, all right. So before we get in, uh, so before we get into our listener league, Tampa, why don't you tell the listeners about our listener league? Yeah, just a, another strong week. Thank you to everybody. It was awesome. I think it was a, a seven or fifty man last week. 
that filled up quite quickly still. So we've got them to pump it up again this week. We already put the link out a little bit early this week. We got, we got no shame in putting it out there early because we want to fill it up. We want to have some fun with it. My goal and intention is obviously like I talked about last week, just to make it as strong as possible from a payout perspective and then have some fun with it. So they bumped it this week with Tiger back. We got 1,250 in there. It's still going to be the same way all, all around the $5 three max just to keep it cheap. I know the rake is what it is. It's 10%. We wish we could have rake free. That's sort of where we're trying to go with it. We don't have a sponsorship deal with DK. We don't have anything like that where we're going to be able to promise that to you guys. We're just trying to have fun with it in the sense of it's only 10% rake. It's a, it's less money than the, than the rake free leagues out there. And some of the other ones that you can get into like the $9 with 150 max, if you want to be into it. And I've still got them to build the payout structure pretty decent in my opinion. So you're getting 750 bucks for first. That's more than 10%. So it's a decent number up there. There's still 75 bucks for 10th, so 10% of first. 750 to 10th. 75 to 10th, gotcha. Yeah, 10th of that. And then you still get double your money for cashing, and around, I think, 17 or 18% of the field gets paid 10 bucks or more, right, going up from there. If you cash a lineup that you put in for 5 bucks, you get 10. So it's a lot of fun. Like I said, we're, we're adding the guy. I know Marcino 75 will get to it. Had a great lineup this week, blew the field out with 663.5. Uh, he got added to the league. Kenny and I started a league. It's just going to build, and everyone will be in it. And at the end of the year, I've already talked to Gup. Uh, he's mentioned about maybe supplying some prizes. We're going to look around for that. We're going to try and make the final listener league type battle of the year at the end, like a mini online online live final where everybody that won the listener league all year round gets to compete for some prizes in the ultimate title. Yeah, and just to let you guys know, I mean, it's already half full. So, yeah. so if you guys want to get in, uh, you know, it's ten o'clock on Monday right now when we're recording. So if you want to get in, you should probably get in now. Uh, right when you hear this, because it's going to be filled by tomorrow tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. All right, so let's get to Marcino 75's lineup from last week. It was basically my cash lineup. Uh, yeah. it, it was nice. <laughs> it's nice seeing the cash game cornerstones, and he killed it with 663 points. And that would have won almost every major tournament out there. So hopefully Marcino put that in some GPPs. Uh, but he had Abraham Answer, which is a cash game cornerstone last week, 19% owned, 136 points. Scheffler, another cash game cornerstone pick, 32% owned, 136 points. Harmon, my third cash game cornerstone pick, 23% owned, 92, 92 points. Vaughn Taylor, again, my final cash game cornerstone pick, 37% owned, 82 points. He had Andrew Putnam, who I had in my cash lineup as well, uh, 9.2% owned, 103.5 points. And this was the big difference. Uh, I think I had 630 points in my cash lineup uh, because I had Tringali in my final spot. This man went ahead and put Bud Colley listening to uh, to Ben Coley out there. So shout out to Ben Coley about that because that was one of Ben's picks last week. And, um, you know, Colley finished in fourth place, 113.5 points with 8% ownership. A really solid lineup. What did you think? Yeah, no surprise Ben Coley likes Bud Colley. But, yeah, that, that was a nice hit for him. I saw him tweeting about it on Sunday. Obviously got there as well. Um, so, you know, the the big thing was there was he he made the difference, like I said, with the percentages. But if you look, it was him and Putnam. And I hated Putnam last week. I just didn't expect it to continue. And I'll take the L on that one because 9.2% and you get all four under 70, 103.5. Just a, a guy that, you you know, he's great. He's a great player and the price was right. It just you got to go with your gut on certain plays. And, and Marcino certainly did that. Like you said, it was basically your cash lineup minus one. So love seeing answer. Scheffler, we knew all these guys, Von Taylor, Chalk. Bob Taylor was the interesting one, you know, on, I think it was Noto put it out there, which I love to see was saying, Oh, it's going to happen. And then everyone was like, no, I don't think so. And then 64 sure enough, on, it does. It, it was on basically, Saturday. Yeah. yeah, there was more than just him too. Noto and a couple other guys called it. And I love seeing stuff like that because you're just sort of monitoring it all day. And then you get to the point where it's like whole 15 and you're like, Holy shit, 
you know this is getting there now. It's just going to happen. I, and I then bang, he, bang he, on the way out. I think he bogey won the last few holes, but had to birdie 18 to make That's it. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah and he birdied it. And, you know, 18 yeah. and 9, I don't know which one he finished on, but those are like two of the hardest holes on the stadium course. Uh, and I, was that was, was he playing a stadium? That, you know, he wasn't playing the stadium that day, was he? I don't think so. I don't, no. I don't remember. I don't, remember. Yeah, okay. I don't recall, okay. but I do remember what you said was right. There was like a oh shit moment. Like, of course he's not going to get there now yeah. after all this. And then of course he birdies the 18th and he does get there. It just makes it fun. That, that's what makes the sweat fun. It sucks if you're not on him and that's the, the chalk that you faded. I thought it was good chalk to fade for the most part, but you knew he could do it. It's just, could he do it again? And he, and he did. And in the end, he sort of fizzled out a little bit on Sunday, but I mean, overall a solid week for him. And of course he's going to show up in those lineups. Yeah. Really solid lineup by Marcino. Uh, 75. We'll see him in the three-man. All right, so before we get into uh, this week, let's talk about GupsCorner.com. Use promo code DGEN10. Save yourself 10% on a, on a subscription to Gups Corner. It's the best site out there. It, it really, everyone that's there, you can, and Tambo can attest to this, it's like a family there. There's yeah. no stupid questions. Everyone gets along. Everyone tries to help other people. And that's not just the people that work for the site. That's, you know, the Slack chat is amazing. With 1,800 people on the Slack chat, everybody conversing. The new PGA tools are sick. They're really good. You can get live data on there for showdown. You get all the raw numbers before the event. You can make, you know, create your own type of, you know, little spreadsheet that you want to do to create your own player pool. Really, really great tools. And when you sign up for a year-long subscription or, or a month long, you you still get every other sport too. It's not just golf. So if you sign up for a year, you'll get next year's football season. You'll get the whole baseball season. You'll get uh, a, a full year of basketball the rest of this year and, you know, the first half of next year. It's a great deal. Go to gupscorner.com. You get my article every week. You get Tambo's articles every week. Use promo code DGEN10. Get yourself a subscription to Gup's Corner right now. All right, so let's get on to this week. The PGA Tour is in sunny La Jolla, California this week for the Farmers Insurance Open. The Farmers will be played on the north and south courses at Torrey Pines. Golfers will play both courses on Thursday and Friday, and if they make the cut, they'll finish with two rounds on the south course. Now, even though the north course went through some major renovations a few years ago, it's still by far the easier of the two courses. Golfers will need to take advantage of their one round here because the south course is a freaking monster. No golfer has shot over par on the north course and won here since 1983. That's how important that north course scoring is. The south course is one of the longest courses on tour and one of the most difficult as well. It also went through some renovations to get ready for next year's U.S. Open. A couple of bunkers and tee boxes were added. Some holes were lengthened. Some fairways were shifted. Now, weather can play a huge factor as both courses are situated near the ocean and are susceptible to trade winds. Four years ago, we saw winds whip hard during the final round, and scoring averages for that final round inflated to nearly five strokes over par. Golfers are averaging 77s when the wind picks up. Now, looking on the early weather forecast, the wind doesn't look like it's going to play a major factor, but the weather forecasts are often wrong. So check the forecast closer to lineup lock to make your final decisions. All right, you know, before we jump in, a couple of tidbits, you know, from the course. First off, nine of the last 11 winners at Torrey Pines had a previous top 10 in this tournament. About 40% of the winners here all time have had some type of California connection, either growing up or living in California or going to school there. Uh, this sort of makes sense because, you know, you get that, uh, you get that, uh, you know, POA 
grass. These, these guys are used to it. You don't see these type of green, grass on the greens uh, very often on tour. And you're, you're living in California or maybe somewhere uh, in the Northeast because that's just the way it works with the POA and the, and the weather. They got to keep with POA green. So that's something to look at uh, when you look at your golfer. Also, prior to last year, the eight winners, uh, the, the previous eight winners started on the South Course. So their rotation was South Course, North Course. Um, you know, Justin Rose sort of snapped that streak last week, last year. I think he shot 63 or 65 on the on the uh, North Course to start out on his way to win. Uh, now, let's get to the courses, the North Course. The North Course of Torrey Pines is a 7,258-yard par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. The par fives are all reachable by most golfers and there's also drivable par four scoring well on these five holes will go a very long way into a golfer making cut uh tom weiskopf redesigned the course in 2016 adding length widening fairways removing bunkers and enlarging the greens now off the tee golfers see average side fairways with thickest rough there are a few trees and fairway bunkers to worry about but much less so than the south course on approach shots, golfers see larger greens in the south course with bunkers guarding most putting surfaces. The greens use bank grass and are you know, somewhat newish, so they should play firm with a stint meter rating of around 12. And I expect the conditions to be a bit firm this week, not like we saw last year. Last year was sort of an, uh, an abomination. Uh, no win, really soft, easy playing uh, conditions. You know, Justin Rose won with minus 21, which is one of the highest scores or one of the lowest scores they've seen at this event for a very, very long time. But, you know, the winner's usually around, you know, minus 10 to minus 13, somewhere around there. And with this, you know, and they, uh, California, this area of California hasn't seen too much rain in January. So it should play firm. Greens should play firm. Uh, and the rough is going to be a problem, especially the stadium course. So the stadium course at Torrey Pines is a 7,707-yard par 72 behemoth with four par threes and four par fives. The par fives are lengthy, averaging around 590 yards. So only the longest of hitters have a chance of reaching all four of these holes in two. The course is one of the hardest on tour and plays between three and four strokes more difficult on average than the North course. Off the tee, golfers see narrow tree-lined fairways with plenty of bunkers to dodge. Only around 50% of fairways are hit on this course year in and year out. The rough looks brutal. Uh, I saw some pictures from last week. If, that, if they're not cutting the rough from the pictures I saw last week, I mean, it's, it's deadly. You know, there's going to be a lot of short game needed, uh, a lot of missed greens if they're going to keep that rough as lush as I saw last week. Maybe they're going to cut it a little bit. I don't know. Uh, but from what I saw last week, the rough is crazy thick. Uh, now off the tee, golf uh, – now the rough uh, – let me get back to where I was. So expect there's – the Q rough will be around three inches tall and gnarly. All right. So a lot of the holes here at the south course have a slight dog leg right, and right-handed golfers that play a cut off the tee have been known to thrive here. On approach shots, golfers will see average to small size greens that are usually narrow in width and lengthy from front to back. The putting surfaces, uh, the putting surface is multi-tiered with a good amount of undulation. These greens are protected very well with large bunkers and thick rough. Most of the bunkers guard the front of the greens, which makes approach shots tough, especially since most greens slope from back to front. Now, even though a lot of the bunkers are in the front of the greens, most holes leave an opening in front of the greens. So the golfers will have a chance to run up their approaches if they hit it in the rough off the tee, almost like a link style shot. And you'll see some of that, especially if the conditions are as firm as people are saying. Now, when the pin location is near the front of the green, expect a lot of long approaches with fast putts coming down the slope for birdie or par. 
are the green juice power and are very quick with a stick meter rating of around 12.5. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? A lot of uh, just solid stats, right? You know, the stuff that the stuff that you need for, uh, like you said, a behemoth of a course. I, I mean, we'll get to the players in a second. I think it's obviously a big dog that wins this. But when you're looking for it, I want a little bit of driving distance because, like you said, the length off the tee, uh, stroke gain approach, around the green's a big one, a little bit tougher, birdie or better, bogey avoidance, putting within 10 feet. So just, just things that you need to have just a solid all-around game, which you could say for any course, but I'm just saying is I don't see a, a, a minus 21 like Rose got last year here this year. It looks, if that rough's going to be like it is, which already some early indications are that it will be, I see more like a minus 15, 16, 17 range. Uh, and I think, you know, it's going to be a, just a certain type of golfer. Like I said, we'll get into them when we, when we go through the tiers. But a lot of the guys we're going to talk about are going to be at the top. Quick note, any stats that we're referencing for last week, if any, is mainly due to the fact it was only measured on two courses, right? The two that they did on the stadium course. Now, that was the tougher course over La Quinta uh, and the other, but I just say that that is something to, to keep in mind if we're talking about stats. I know that they only measured the two last week, and, and then we're still looking at that based on that reasoning. All right, that sounds good. Let's get to these tiers. Uh, so starting in the 10K range, we've got Xander Schauffele all the way up to Roy McIlroy. Who are you going with this week? The big one's at the top, but I'll start at the bottom. So Schauffele is, is definitely going to be on the list. California kid, you know, recent form is two seconds and two tenths. I think he'll be popular. I think people, I know you're the cash crew, but people will start with him there. You know, he's been good in strong fields. He did shake it a little bit. I know he'd missed quite a few cuts here. and hasn't played great here in the past, but he shook it a little bit and got a 25th year last year. We just saw how well he's been playing recently. and think, you know, even that, you know, missed whatever it was, six footer or whatever he had there and, and gave it back to Thomas. I mean, that could have been a win right there. So I think it's something he's going to be looking to get a little bit of redemption. It's a tougher field. I get it. Uh, I think Rose Woods are more of the GPP plays. Maybe you'll want to talk about the more. The interesting was Rose actually just came second to Kucher over at the Singapore and obviously defending title. Woods has the history for days. But the big ones at the top for me, Roy versus Rom. I'm probably going to mix and match, but I'll probably be, well, let's just say this. My first T3BO of the week is going to be Rory over Rom. But the way I'm going to do it is simple. It's going to look at a lot of different things. But my main thing is going to be take a stand. So people always ask about these pivots and how I do them. And, oh, I thought you were pivoting off of him and, and all this stuff. It's I'm playing a lot of lineups. I'm running a lot of different angles. But I, I can promise you, if you look at my ownerships, they reflect the pivots. So what I'm saying is I'll go double the field on Rory or something like that. And I'll go underweight on Rom, but I'll still have some of the best lineups that have a 2v2 away of Rory and whatever guy I wasn't as sure on and use Rom and someone a, a bump up or something like that if, if I'm using him. I haven't fully decided yet. Obviously, ownership's going to play into this, but I want to hear your take on the top. And obviously, with me leaving Woods and Rose sort of out, what's your take on them in the middle? Well, I mean, here's the thing. When you look at first off, let's talk about Xander. You know, he's from San Diego. This is where he's from. And you, when you look at his results, you're like, this is the course where he should really thrive at. Uh, but he hasn't done it. Now, is there a reasoning behind that? It, it, does he have too many distractions when he comes home? Yeah. Does he have to get tickets? Does he have to meet friends? Does he have to go out? And, you know, does he, does he have a lot more stuff to worry about other than golf when it comes to this week? So I'm a little bit weary of Xander because he makes total sense on this course, but I don't understand why he hasn't performed well here. Uh, there has to be a reason, and, and that could be it. Uh, so as of now, I'm thinking of a fade for Xander – um, you know, and especially if he gets popular, uh, I think, you know, if people have the same ideas that I do and I see his projected ownership on gupscorner.com uh, on Wednesday at like 10%, well, then maybe I'll switch it up. Maybe it'll be like his time, but there's something holding him back here and, and it could just be a fluke, I guess, but 
you know, four four straight tournaments in a row at three missed cuts and a 25th. That's not good for a guy who you would expect to dominate a, a tough technical track like this. Uh, so I, I don't know about Xander. And another thing I want to talk about with this top section is something I did last week. Last week when I noticed, you know, there was a lot of plays in that 6K range. A lot of good, solid plays uh, in the 6K range. And I think it's the same thing this week. So what I did last week, I did a lot of stars and scrubs. Uh, two guys in this 10K range. I probably started half of my lineups that way. And, and it worked out decent, uh, pretty well. Uh, you know, you had Casey, I think he was top 15, I think, uh, or top 20, I guess. Uh, he sort of fell on Sunday. But, you know, Ann was, uh, what, 13th place. He was, he was up in there. You had Ricky top 10 who you know should have been top five uh if you really thought about it so i'm thinking about leaning in that type of way and i'm going to start with the two guys up top i'm going to play both of them i'm going to play rory i'm going to play ron uh you know they're both in play for me i probably have more rory than ron uh you know uh, but I, you know, both of their games they, they start long they both suit this course pretty well you know one of the better guys all two of the best guys off the tee not bad around the greens either so uh those two guys are going to be definitely in play for me i'm definitely going to play rory i'm definitely going to play wrong uh and then after that the worry about i have with tiger is that the rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker that's wrong the economy is powered by us it's what we create what we buy what we need President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. No, he really hasn't done well yet, you know, in the last year, since, after the last year. Uh, and I know he was injured last year, so that's something to do with it. But I haven't seen him do well on these tough tracks outside of Augusta uh, since 2018. It's been a while uh, since he's played well on these really, you know, really hard tracks. Um, you know, and this is going to be a tough track with with the, with the big rough. And you know, him not being the best, you know, his off the tee game is probably the worst out of the bunch up here on top. Uh, so you know, missing a lot of those fairways is going to cost him. We'll see how his back holds up. Uh, you know, uh, having to swing out of this really, really thick rough. I, I'm not the biggest fan of them this week. So I'm going to play Rom and Rory, and then either – I'll probably play Rose. Uh, those are going to be my three. It might shift to Xander. We'll see about the ownership. But, but Rory and Rom definitely, and then maybe Rose, because Rose is a defending champion. He's got that length. Uh, he's long enough off the tee here. You, you know, he finished second last week. Now, the travel could be a bit of a worry, but – you know, we'll see. I think the, the timing difference is going to be a little bit of a factor. But you saw Fino do, Fino do it last week, and he came in and shot, what, 62 on the on the next, on the the next second round he played. So, you know, these guys are elite-level golfers. I probably wouldn't look too much into that, but that could be a reason to fade them. But as of now, Rory wrong. So let's move down into this 9K range, and I'll go ahead and start. I have a, one of my cash game – two of my cash game cornerstones are going to be started here, and I like Hideki Matsuyama this week. I love him uh, a bunch. I might even go uh, against my rule of having less than 20% of golfers uh, in my GPPs that I have in my cash lineup because Hideki's going to be in my cash lineup. I think he can win this week. He's in my betting segment. The guy's been playing good golf. I can see a big year for him coming up so i really do like hideki he's going to be my first 
cash game cornerstone. And my second cash game cornerstone is Gary Woodland. You know, the guy, he's won at Pebble. He's won on the West Coast. He has that, um, you know, he's won on POA. So, and he's been playing exceptionally good golf with a bunch of top tens here recently in, his, in the fall and his first event uh, so far this year. So I really like him as well. Those two guys are going to be my two cash game cornerstones in the 9,000 range. And then I'm going to play Finau and Reed uh, for GPPs this week. I think Finau at $9,300 is a lot easier to swallow. Uh, you know, the guy has had success here. He's long enough off the tee, really good, you know, strokes gain off the tee, good with long proximity from, from like 175 to 200. He could improve a little bit, 200 plus, but from 175 to 200 is where you'll be seeing most of him because he's, he drives the ball so long. Uh, so I like Finau and Reed, his short game is going to be a uh, a big thing for for him this week. I think, you know, he's, he's really solid, proficient around the greens and putting wise. And, you know, if this rough is thick, you know, everyone's going to miss these fairways. It's only about 50% hit uh, on the South course. So short game is going to be big. And I like Patrick Reed. Who do you like? Yeah, Decky, I'm in. You know, if he's not five figures, they got me with that Best Buy pricing, right? 9, 9.9K. He's not 10K, 9.9K. So I'm, I'm in. The recent form got me sold. You talked about some stuff. He's really been getting better by the year here. 33, then he got 12th, and then last year he got third. So, I mean, he's he's making his way around here. The ball striking has been good. It's just a matter of if that putter shows up. But I, someone posted a stat. I think it was in Bamford's article. We talk about Steve Bamford all the time. I'm pretty sure it was his or someone posted it that uh, putting actually has been neutralized here where it's most most cases these winners have been like top 25 or worse in putting, and it's all to do with the ball striking and everything else that goes with it. So, don't mind Matsuyama. I think that recent form, and like I said, the Best Buy pricing got me drawn back in a little bit. Woodland is my second T3BO. Now, here's the thing. I actually think looking at this stuff, the ownership is going to be extremely balanced this week because everybody wants to go with all these guys. We're going to get into even more of them, but there's so many guys to talk about uh, from Rory all the way down to basically 7,500. There's just so many names. You can make a case for anybody, but I'm just taking another stand, and I think Finau – it sounds like the early rumblings are that he's going to be extremely popular. He's got really good course history here. Obviously, the run that we've seen him on, a 14th, 5th, 10th, whatever. Saw him bounce back. They just saw him play this weekend. So I'm going to take the stand with Woodland. You mentioned a few things on him, but I think that, you know, major winner Woodland, that is, is the guy that I'm going to roll. And with four top sevens in his last five, no worse than a T20. Also, more experience here, 10 for 10 on the made cuts with a 9th, 12th, 20th, and 18th in his last four. I'm rolling Woodland, again, way overweight compared to Finau, uh, especially if Finau keeps getting popular. I never trust a, an expensive chalk Finau. It just, I don't, I don't know. It seems like it always gets there, but I can't trust it. And then Reed and M are the other two guys I like. Not really as high on Day. I know he's got the huge course history himself, but again, M is just too good. And like you said, Reed with that short game and around the greens. Ricky probably is the forgotten soul, but and, and he still actually played really well, even though he's, failed us in some spots and not finished strong like what we talked about at the beginning of the pod but uh, i'm in on matsuyama woodland reed and m for me all right take us into this ak range tambo yeah a little bit again another area where it's just packed tight there, there's just so many guys even with a a shorter price that they really spaced the pricing out so there's only like 10 guys in here basically down to eight thousand. but for me four stand out so i think morikawa over scheffler it's not a, another pivot or anything like that i just think that scheffler is going to stay People will look at it. My thoughts are this. People are going to look at Scheffler as if it was a price drop because literally it was, but it's more so it's just a, it's just a field strength going up thing, right? He went from 9,500 to 8,800. Yes, that's an actual price drop by definition, 
but I don't really think it is that much. I think he still could be just overpaying a little bit. I know that he's hot. I know he's got everything that you're looking for. He makes so many birdies, et cetera, et cetera. But Morikawa in that iron game, I'm going to roll with him for sure at 8,900. I like Neiman. Posted the tidbit today. Not everybody knows about it, I don't think. And I know it doesn't always matter huge. It's junior golf, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's comfortability. It's just who he is. He In 2015 and 16, he went back-to-back at Torrey Pines to win the junior championship. So I think that's a little bit important. We know he always has upside anyway. He's only played here once on the PGA Tour, and it was last year and made the cut. Barely, uh, you know, finished in within the numbers. I think he was dead last, T72, or very close. But definitely take him, not touching Spieth at all. The other guy I really like is Snedeker, uh, 45 to 1. We'll get, get to that later. But uh, he's, he's sort of the name that I've got pegged down here with Leishman, who's my next guy. These two guys are the ones that I think can really show up here and, and mess with the big dogs at the top. They're, they're the guys that are still pretty big names, been doing it quite some time. Uh, Snedeker's played here 13 times, made 11 cuts, won twice, uh, and seven of his 11 cuts were, were top 10s. And then Leishman, 9 for 11 on made cuts with four top 10s. These are the guys that I think could upset the big dogs. And then that's pretty much it for me. The other guy I might take a sliver of is Ryan Palmer. Also, we'll mention him later. But he's got some good history here the last two years. And he's on a bit of a recent form run with 4th, 17th, 10th, and 12th. I definitely think he could show up with a little bit of that length here at 8,000. What about you? Yeah, well, let's talk about Scheffler. I mean, the thing about Scotty is what you see, the, 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 the times he's been really in contention and done really well are courses that where he can go really low on. Like when he finished fifth, uh, when he finished third at the American Express, he had a 64. When he finished fifth at the RSM, he had a 63. When he finished third at the Bermuda, he had a 62. When he finished seventh in the military at Greenbrier, he had a 62. Probably not going to get a 62 or 64 unless he gets it on a north course here. Uh, you know, it's a small sample size for Scotty. But it seems like the, 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 the go-low type courses have been more of his bread and butter. Now, again, small sample size. He hasn't really played that many exceptionally tough courses. I think the last one he played was the U.S. Open last year, and he missed the cut. So, uh, you know, there's something to look at with Scotty. He'll be a fade for me today uh, for this week. I do like Neiman, that stat you had with the two back-to-back wins. Uh, I'm there with Neiman. Narrative you know, Street. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. You know, but, I mean, if you look at his numbers, they're solid, too. You know, he's top 10 in strokes gain approach, 11th in strokes gain off the tee, uh, 9th in proximity from 450 to 500 yards, which is where you'll see a whole bunch of, uh, you know, par fours this week. And that's in the field, in this field, in the last 50 rounds. So, you know, he's got the numbers to back up that narrative, too. Uh, and I'm a narrative lush. You know, I love, I love the narrative. Sometimes <laughs> it bites me in the ass because, you know, it, it, it doesn't really go on numbers. It just goes on guessing. But, you know, that's the same with the numbers. You can't get the numbers right every time either uh so but i do like neiman uh snedeker of course uh is going to be my third cash game cornerstone pick uh this week he just like you said you, you went about it he just makes every cut here couple of wins really good form here recently his stats don't do him justice he's outside the top 100 and a whole shit ton of stats that i'm looking for in this field but you know sometimes you just gotta you know close your eyes on those things and look at the golfer itself and snedeker this is his time he's great on poa I like Snedeker as my third cash game cornerstone pick. I do like Leishman. I think he might go underlooked. He's been playing decent golf. He has a good history run here. He's really, really good with his longer irons. You'll see a whole bunch of shots outside of 200 yards. He's very, very good in that range. And I like Ryan Palmer as well. Good history, good form, hoping to ride that momentum. All right, so let's get into this 7K range. And my final cash game cornerstone pick is going to be a little bit lower just so we can fit those three guys up top. It's going to be Taylor Gooch at 7,200. 
100. Now, again, like almost all of his stats are outside the top 100, but I'm basing this based on his form. He's been playing exceptionally good golf, making seven straight cuts in a row. And one thing I liked about him, he's played this event twice. He finished third last year, but that was really easy conditions. Now, the year before was the first time he ever played this event. He still finished 51st in tougher conditions. I think the, the winning score uh, that year was, I, I think, minus 10, minus 11. So it was a lot tougher conditions uh, that season. And he was still able to make the cut. So he's seen both worlds of this course, the, the really tough and the, and the really easy. And he's been able to get through on both. And the way he's been playing, I do like Taylor Gooch as my final cash game cornerstone pick. So the cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Hideki Matsuyama at 9,900, Gary Woodland at 9,500, Brant Snedeker at 8,400, and Taylor Gooch at 7,200. Leaves you exactly $15,000 to make the rest of your lineup. Like I said, there's plenty of guys in this 6K range that you might want to even use in cash. Uh, so you can go all the way up to the 8,000 with your fifth pick if you want. So a lot of room to do what you want. So those are my cash game cornerstones for this week. Moving up taller, I really like Lanto Griffin this week. Uh, now, the win he had was in Houston, and Houston is another Reese-designed course. Now, it's not similar to <laughs> to Torrey Pine South, but, you know, there, there, there probably is some nuances there. Every, every golf designer has their little nuances they do on each course that's their own. Maybe Lanto will be able to pick that up and, and be a little bit more familiar, but he did finish 12th here two years ago in tougher conditions, and his form has has been incredible. I think $7,900, really good price for Lanto this week. And I wouldn't even mind using him in cash. So I do like Lanto Griffin this week. I like Cameron Champ up top. I think his length, uh, it would be, it's going to be crucial because everyone's going to miss these fairways um, at, 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 at Torrey at South. So if he's going to hit them 355 yards every time, you know, he's cutting that down. He's making a, you know, instead of a mid iron, uh, hitting, he's hitting a, a low iron, or, you know, a short iron onto these greens it'll be making it easier uh and i think you can go very low on the north course with his length and less trouble uh, other guys russell knox seems to be a guy who does well on these tougher type tracks so i do like knox uh up top in this top range who do you like in this top range yeah it just goes to show like this is the thing i'm talking about we just named so many guys in the 8k range and I, like it just i think it's going to be very balanced this week and i think I'm loving the Stars and Scrubs approach, like you mentioned. We'll get to it. But, yeah, Lanto, until he's 9K, the interesting part is that Molinari's right there. I know he played, like, shit last week. But to say, did you think, like, a year ago you'd be playing Lanto Griffin over Molinari at the same price and the books would even have him rated higher? Like, it just seems crazy. But, uh, yeah, Griffin's been insane, like you mentioned. Like, Griffin's just been a killer. The two years ago coming 12th here, his recent form – Everything's there. I like him. I like Grillo a little bit. I'm, I'm never fading Grillo because I'm always a sucker for him. So I, I got to have him and add him onto the list. Three for four made cuts here. Again, remember, two guys were back to a little bit more grinder style, a little bit more uh, of that. And then also the two, two rounds only, right? You're, you're sweating this on Friday now and not Saturday like we got to last week in a scoring fest. So I do think guys like him matter a little bit more. So I just want to bring that up. Benny N is the guy that throws me off here. 7700 bucks. That's my what the fuck price of the week, basically. Uh, you know, he was 10.3K. I know he missed the cut, but it was like, whatever. It, it just didn't get there. But, man, he, he was 14th, 8th, 6th before that. We've seen him contend at courses, you know, last year all the time, it just with these big boy fields even. So I don't understand how he automatically drops or if it's a mistake or what, but he seems way off. He seems way cheap. I like him too. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, that, seems, it seems crazy. Especially with that short game. 
he's got he's one of the best short game players out there. And so if these yeah. guys are going to be missing these fairways and missing these greens, he's going to have a, an advantage. I'll get sold on that one all day. I'll, I'll go down with that ship. I, yeah. I love that price. Uh, um, Bud Colley, we saw, we just talked about it with the Listener League and with Ben Coley, and, and he actually had himself a great week. And these are one of the guys that when I brought up the stats message earlier, just bringing it up of, you know, stats are good all around, I'll say, but that was on the stadium course, the tougher course uh, that they measured the two rounds on. He had really good stats for that course. And this, it's not similar at all to this, but my point is just his ball striking's on. I want someone who's got a little bit of momentum coming in off a of fourth, uh, before his miscut, he was ninth. And then last year here, he was 13th. Uh, so again, if it's between that minus 15 to 17 range that I'm guessing, I still think he can contend. Interesting guy would be Bubba Watson. Not sure what to do with him. He seems too cheap at 7,500. A guy we know has length off the tee, can get creative, you know, can do some stuff there. So I think he's okay. And then without just naming everybody, just try and give you a few more names there. You know, English, I like. Keegan Bradley, couple there. And then my last T3BO of the week, and we didn't talk before this, but I'm definitely not on Gooch with you. Uh, I get it. I, I know where you're coming from on him. But, again, I feel like he's more of a, a birdie fest guy than, than someone for here. I know he got third here last year, but that was at minus 21. So it was more of a birdie fest. And thing is, Sabs and Watney, I was kind of debating between them. I'll go with Sabs because I'm always a Roy guy. I think it's three weeks in a row now. I'm just riding this guy. But, again, I want the made cut. I want the experience. He's got you know 11 for 17 made cuts here. This, the last three, he's made the cut no problem. He still does have upside when he gets there and scores. He can come top 30, and at 7,200, that's fine. And the thing about Gooch was on the stadium course, the two rounds that they measured last week, was all putter. Uh, and I don't know, like I said, the putter one is neutralized here. You don't really need that as much, as I mentioned, uh, with some of the stats. And then on top of that, like I said, I want the experience in the grinder. Gooch has only played here twice. Sabatini, or even if you don't trust me, go to Watney. Watney's been a killer here and played another great week last week at 29th. At the American Express, you know, a few good, you know, 11 for 15 here on made cuts and a 14th before last week at the American Express. He had a really good round on either uh, Friday or Saturday. I can't remember what it was. So definitely like Watney and not on Gooch for me this week. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know, Gooch is definitely a riskier play, but I just like the way he's been playing lately. So we'll see how that goes uh, because of the plays you talked about, like I do like Watney. Uh, I'm not big on stabs, but I do like Watney. I like Matt Jones uh, in that range. You know, he's been playing good golf. You know, he has that win in Australia. Uh, about a month ago, um, it did pretty well at the Sony. Not great, but he did all right uh, when he played. And I like English a lot. I mean, if you look at his miscut last year, that was when he was playing really, really poor golf. And his golf has definitely been on the upswing here uh, recently. You know, he's long enough off the tee, really good off the tee. So, uh, so I like English as well. I'll also go with uh, Brendan Steele, another guy who's a California kid. Uh, you, you know, he loves playing in this type of weather. He's been playing exceptionally good golf. Even last week after the disappointment he had the week before, he still came on strong. Again, a little bit of a downturn on Sunday. But, you know, that's going to happen with these guys that are like 7,500 and less. You know, you're not going to expect them all to be Sunday warriors. So, um, yeah, I do like Steele at that range. I like Sam Boorns. Boorns. I like him long enough off the tee. Good putter, really, really good on par fives. You're going to have to crush those par fives on the north course to be able to make the cut on Friday. I thought you'd say your boy uh, Tringali here again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's another guy that I I like stat-wise. He makes a whole bunch of sense. Uh, But, you know, we'll see if I'm going to use him. I'm not sure. He hasn't really done that well here recently, and he's really, really bad with his long rides. And that's the one reason, that's the one worry I have with Tringali this week. A lot though. of experience here, though. Seven for ten made cuts. And yeah. before last week, he was a fifth, a 20th. A I mean, you were on him for a reason last week. I, I think he's okay. He's one of the guys I didn't mention. 
And then for Telly was the other guy I wanted to bring up quick at the right at the dead bottom, 7,000 straight. Just seems too cheap, right? For I know he miscut again, but before that he was crushing at 30, 31st, 11th, 22nd. His numbers had been on. So I'll go back to him as well and ride the well for, for 7,000 back to the well. Go on to this uh, 6K range there, Tambo. Yeah, another guy that stands out almost, it's not quite Benny N range at all because he's not Benny N, but, you know, hole in, Mr. Hole in One from Sunday. And it has nothing to do with the Hole in One, but Carlos Ortiz dropping to 6,900. I get it, he was only 7,200. He's sort of the Scheffler reasoning of last week. I think maybe this is the opposite of the Best Buy pricing where I'm just seeing him at 6,900. So it's a bit of shock. So not someone I'm in love with, but definitely could go back to him. I think he still can grind out a cut here and then have some upside as we've seen if he, if he can keep it rolling. The hole in one was nice to see, but not enough. Uh, Varner, guy I like, I'll, I'll be rooting for him this week, you know, at the, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, just a GPP play, but always seems to be a good bounce back candidate. I know Gup talks about it all the time with Varner and he, he watches that type of stuff and Varner has been a good bounce back candidate. So I'll, I'll tail him on that. 6,900, that's a good price. For him, uh, Burgoon, not as much. Uh, I kind of marked him down. Just want to make note, he did have solid tee to green numbers uh, at the stadium, and he still finished minus 12 on the week. I just I do see him as more of a birdie fest guy, and that's not what I'm projecting here. So just want to temper your, your expectations a little bit with him. And then just a, a litany of guys, man. Like so many guys stand out, like your Wyndham Clark, your Hadleys, your McNeelys, uh, you know, Harrington. Chase Seifert. I got to find out more on this Kaplan guy, right? This guy was at the top of the board, finished T6. He was just dialed in all weekend. Uh, and then some of the guys at the bottom, like your um, Celinda, Wu, Justin Su, all, all these guys that have some either Stanford ties or experience playing here before, that sort of thing. There, there's a lot of flyers you can take at the bottom. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I like uh, – what about Sepp? What do you think? you think he can come back? I know the thing about Sepp Straka is when he gets hot, he stays hot. What are you going to do with him this week? Um, didn't think about it too much, to be honest. I overlooked him. I got him marked here as sort of a GPP guy. I know he came 13th here last year, T4 last week. I, I don't know. I got to normally see more of him, and I feel like I already I already milked that one with the 301 with the each way. Yeah. I don't know. It's obviously only a GPP player we're talking about, and DFS is totally different, 6900 bucks. I, I like Ortiz. I like Varner. I like Stallings. I like guys that are down there. Shank withdrew, if people didn't hear it. That's a, another the latest of the withdrawals besides the ones you would have seen yesterday. But, yeah, there, there's just too many guys down here. And if he's going to be super popular, I don't think I'll go there, to be honest, for me. Yeah, if, if he's going to be really popular, you know, like, like I said last week, those guys that are under, like, 7,300 that are going to be super chop, those are good good guys to fade. Uh, you yeah. know, so you get those ownership projections on Gup's Corner or whatever other site you use, and, and it's a good way to go about uh, using that, that ownership projections. Now, I do like Michael Thompson. Uh, I think he'll be very, very low owned. And if you look at his course history here, this guy just balls out here no matter what his form is. He can be sucking ass all year. And then he comes to this course and balls the fuck out. So, yeah, I, I'll go with Michael Thompson here. Um, you know, I, I like Burgoon. Uh, I like Kevin Tway a little bit here. I think his length uh, can uh, can do pretty well. Maverick Manili might be my favorite play. I, if you guys don't know about Maverick Manili, uh, I think his dad owns Ping, if I'm not mistaken. So he's like he's like golf royalty. His family is, and this guy has tremendous skill. Uh, he hasn't really shown it yet, but recently you've seen his game pick up here a little bit. This guy's going to be good. Uh, so I really like Maverick McNeely. Do, uh, do you know why that is, Kenny? Why is that? Did, did you hear the? Yeah, I just I actually I know I'm probably way behind the eight ball, but I just found it out this week when they were talking about it a little bit. They talked about Ricky Fowler leaving Butch Harmon and working on his swing with his other coach. And McNeely's been working with Butch Harmon 
and with his girlfriend, who's Daniel Kang, which is, yeah. is an incredible LPGA player. Incredible and, and, they're, and they're were exactly, she's amazing. And she's really pushing them. And they're working together with Butch Harmon training. So, I mean, obviously that's going to set you up for some success. So I really do like him as well. I mentioned his name and, and you went in on him, but I just thought I'd bring that up. I thought that was an interesting tidbit on the broadcast last week and they normally don't bring up anything that's good. So I mean, for them shit, to bring that one up, I thought it was pretty good shit. Shit like that when it comes to husband and wife and girlfriend and boyfriend. I mean, you've seen those Gatorade commercials, right? With like, uh, uh, with like uh, Zach Ertz and like uh, the, his, his, his uh, wife who plays for the, uh, the women's soccer team or uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union where they're like always competing against each other because they're both athletes. I guess Gabrielle Union isn't, but you know, that type of stuff happens. You know, you, you find that relationship where you're constantly competitive. It might not be the greatest thing for the relationship per se, but you know, that can go out towards your game because if you're always competing, you know, with the person that you're with spending all the time with, it's going to be natural to bring that up to your regular part of the game. When you're out there on Sunday, I'm telling you, Maverick Neely is someone to look at. I'm a huge fan of him, and I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, yeah. Other guys in this range that I do like, uh, Doc Redman, DJ Trahan. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of guys. The ones that you went over, I'm not going to go – we're not going to go over 25 golfers here, but there are probably like 20 golfers that you can use. Like you said, Kaplan down here. Uh, one guy, Mullinax. At, at, at the zero he hasn't been playing very good golf uh but when you look at his game this should be his type of course with his strength off the tee decent with his longer irons good with his you know irons overall uh maybe that's someone to look at uh in there uh anybody else that we missed this week yeah a bunch but it doesn't bunch, matter yeah. there's yeah, gonna yeah. be yeah. there's gonna be a lot there's gonna be four um qualifiers to get in as well so it'll be another 156 man field the cut will be interesting. I'm excited because it's another Friday cut. This this will be much more fun, in my opinion. I you know I kind of like these events that we have where it's a back and forth, and there's been like a little bit of a thing to every course so far. Even this one, south and north. So we still always have something, but you know, so next week will be where it gets a little bit more exciting. But I think that this one will be good with getting back to a Friday cut with a full field, with all these stars and scrub lineups, plus all the balanced lineups that we talked about that you can build. So it's just going to be really spaced out. It'll be a lot of fun to see what happens over the weekend. All right, sounds good. Take us into the betting segment, Tamo. Yeah, coming off uh, another good week. Mentioned earlier with the Straka, so I'm happy about that. That's McDowell and Straka each way is back-to-back for anybody that has those. This week is much tighter, my friend. It's very simple for me. I really like Rory up top, so I'm actually betting it, and I never do. Uh, but I, I like Rory this week so much that it'll be like two-thirds of whatever I normally bet on Rory. And then beyond that, I've only got three guys, and it's Woodland at 28, no each way. Snedeker at 45, no each way. And then Palmer, I only could get it at 60. I think it's down to 50 in some places. I got that with the each way. And that's it for me, man. Just four and hope for the best. Those are the four. I really think Rory or Rom wins it. And I just really got Rory over Rom. So that's, that's my opinion. That sounds good. That's why I'm using both those bitches. That's the way it's going to go this yeah. week. They're gonna, uh, somehow, somehow they're getting there. Yeah. So uh, I like Hideki 20 to 1. He's going to be my, one of my main bets. I like Woodland at 28 to 1, just like you. Reed at 33 to 1. Snedeker at 50 to 1. Lanto at 80 to one and I'm going Maverick Manili at 200 to one as well for my six pack this week. Uh, Owen, OAD, you got one. I'll tell you right, my, right now I'm going Hideki. Hideki is yeah. going to make or break my week. And usually this shit does not end well, but that's the way it's going to go this week with Mr. Decky. I'm using him in one and done. Copy me. I don't give a fuck. You want and done. Hideki. Bet Hideki. DFS. Decky. Cash games. Decky. All decky, all fucking day. 
Decky Week, man. I can't wait. That'll be the title, obviously, when this comes out, and you'll see it on your screen. You, but you hey, say, either, either that'll be the title or Immortal Jellyfish. I sort of like that, the Immortal Jellyfish. That's really right, gonna, that's really gonna get the clicks, Kenny. Yeah, you bet you. Um, I, I don't I don't have a, a pick yet, but I just had a few options written down, sort of you know the theme we went with. But I think Rose, uh, Jason Day, if you want to do sort of the DFS fade and and the and the course history angle and just have a hedge, you can use Jason Day. I like Woodland Snedeker, who I mentioned, and then Decky. To your point, was another guy because he's actually got form history. Maybe this is the time. Who knows? He never fucking wins, but it's fine. You could use Decky, and, and Kenny says use Decky. Use Decky. There we go. All right. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell us where you can find you, Tampa. Yeah, you mentioned it, gupscorner.com, guys. Check us out over there. A lot of stuff going on. Getting ready for the Honda, the DFS Open in the in the next month or so. Uh, Gup and I will actually be at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He announced that last week. He ended up getting us a couple tickets. I should chat on that quickly. The you know, Otherwise, it would be like fucking Fire Festival where I'd love to get the event going. What happened was they emailed me back. There's no way this year in hell they could get us a booth or a suite on 16. So it's going to be in the future. I thought it worked out good, though, because we already had the DFS open. So we already have a major event plan that everyone's already involved with. They're going to be down at. Kenny will be there. I'll be there. Gup's Corner, you name it. The whole industry is going to be down there. Mayo, Wiley, all the guys. Uh, it's going to be nuts. So I think that's good enough for this year, but I will be at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. I talked the wife into it. I'm getting out of uh, town for three days. So that's going to be good. Go down there with Gup. And then other than that, find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. If you don't already follow me, hit me up there. If you want to DM me any questions, no problem, anytime. Yo, dog, you got the best wife ever, bro. I know. <laughs> you got the best wife ever. All right, you can find oh, – before we get into me, uh, you know, if you like the pod, please leave a five-star rating and a nice review. It really helps us out. You know, it helps you win money. If you find us entertaining, please do this for us. It, it, it makes us uh, easier to keep this pod free. It's great for sponsors, all that good stuff. You can find me at KendoVT on Twitter and on GuptCorner.com every week with my article and my cash plays uh, that are non-cash game cornerstones. So you want to see other guys who I like in cash that I didn't list here, you'll see them on gupscorner.com. All right. So let's have a great week. This is always a fun tournament. Tiger's in it. Hideki's going to win. Let's fucking do this. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Now serving F-27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson, Ricky, at Fort Bragg. Then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid.